many have searched for the paranormal. You have successfully documented it. I have made it my life's work to seek out those extraordinary artifacts that may be the mystical link into my studies regarding the other side. I'm Mortimer Montgomery, and these are the Mortimer Files. Case, uh, who knows? Your numbering conventions are incredibly confusing, Deepin. Uh, you can slide this wherever you want once you start reviewing your team's case notes. Has anyone ever told you that you're a terrible supervisor? From what I hear, you've barely bothered to check in on your team over the past few months. Tisk tisk, Deepman. Tisk tisk. I shall dub this case the Mysterious Master Montgomery. Your JB, or what's left of him, that is, tells me that the feisty pyrokinetic has started to put the clues together. While I admit I'm a bit disappointed you didn't pick up on my trail, I suppose I'm not too surprised. You never could see the bigger picture, could you? You were always so focused on your own research and your own studies that you never took my work seriously. Ah, well, it is neither here nor there. Now, since I fear that Ash can't possibly have all of the information to fully understand my master plan, I suppose I'll just have to explain it to you. To begin, where to begin? Well, hmm, suppose, uh, with beginning. Let's go back to Venice, late 18th century. There was a terrible storm, and I was invited to take refuge in the estate of. Oh, actually, no, never mind. That's an entirely different story for an entirely different time. I'll just leave you with this The Maelstrom Masquerade. You're a smart man, Deepman. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Anyhow, where was I? Right, the beginning. I was born on November 17th, 1741. My father was a merchant, and his father was a merchant, and his father's father, and so on and so on. It was only natural that I, too, followed the family business. Back in that day and age, going off and chasing your dreams wasn't much of an option. Save for those with money and status to fall back on. Ah, what am I saying? That's exactly how it is now, isn't it? Well, the more things change, the more things stay the same, I suppose. Well, long story short, my family was not one of those families that could provide such freedoms. I spent most of my early life transporting goods from port to port, bound to the whims of richer individuals than I. Oh, what was my name back then, you ask? That is no concern of yours, demon. This story isn't about that life. No, no, that would take far too long. <sighs> Depending on how a few things go very shortly, we may end up having a chance to meet up. Perhaps, then, I will tell you all of these other stories in person. Of course, I'll be wearing a different person if... That's the case. 
Mortimer Montgomery isn't long for this world, I think. Oh. Maybe I should just dive into that part. Do bear with me as I jump around a bit, and I haven't had anyone to tell all of this in a very long time. My mind is... It's a bit more scattered these days. I suppose immersing yourself in the pursuit of understanding and harnessing otherworldly energies will do that to a person. Long story short, immortality is theoretically achievable. I say theoretically because, well, there's upkeep, so to speak. Failure to do said upkeep ends the prolonged existence of the soul. I, for example, have managed my upkeep ever since my first ritual back at Maelstrom Masquerade in the late 18th century. Some others are far, far older, but have failed to do what is necessary. Some of them are just gone for good, others waiting to be awakened from their state of slumber. How is this done, I hear you asking? I'll spare you the details, in part because you wouldn't believe me, and in part because I don't want to give you the tools to try. I'll be honest, Deepman. You haven't earned that right. And I just don't think you have it in you to do what is necessary to keep the cycle going. What's important to know is that it requires a vessel. That is, obviously, another living body to be prepared to house a soul that is transferred into it. Typically, the soul that intends to jump into said vessel must also be prepared. Typically. I am working on testing the necessity of that. Anyhow, the point is that I have lived a very, very long time, and I've had many names and forms over the years. For about the first century and a half of my extended life, I only had one primary duty. I, along with a few other individuals who held the secrets to the energies that allowed us to, I guess you could call it body hop, would periodically hold a ritual in order to help usher in higher entities from beyond the realm. Oh, we were always successful though the degree to which we succeeded did vary. Sometimes we brought in a very powerful being who granted us new abilities or knowledge in return. Ah, sometimes. Sometimes it might have been the equivalent of a friendly neighborhood spirit. One thing worth noting, Demon, is that they were never actually spirits. These, uh, these things were beyond our comprehension, beyond my comprehension even. No matter how many times we tried to tell ourselves that we understood them, we were aiding them as allies. But the truth is, we were never their allies. That would have required us to be their equals, and for them to have seen us as such. But we were servants and some of us more reluctant than others. We couldn't see that at the time. I couldn't see it. Ritual after ritual, we would do truly awful things in the name of these higher powers, and we would, in return, see things that 
no human should ever be privy to. <laughs> oh, it's a wonder that I've kept my wits about me all these years. <sighs> well, and for that century and a half, I did my duty and relished in it. I was part of something greater than I ever could have imagined as a youth growing up in a mildly successful merchant family. I was living a grander destiny, one that I felt I had always been meant for and earned through sheer sacrifice. Often others. What changed? Oh, what changed? What changed? What changed? I'll tell you what changed. I had a son. I know, I know how cliché downfall by sentiment, but it's the truth. I'd lived for almost two centuries before I had any children. Oh, of course, I'd been married, there had been relationships, but I only ever had one child. I know the easiest thing to say would have been, oh, Morty, that's not your son, your wife was stepping out on you. And explain how I knew it was mine, but I knew. It was life-changing, quite literally life-changing. It was as if a veil had been lifted from my eyes, fog cleared from my head. For two centuries, I had been diligently doing a certain duty a duty which is, quite frankly, beyond your understanding at this time, Deacon. I won't go into that. Again, a story for another time. But when Frederick was born, I began to question everything. Why? Why was I doing this duty? Why was I continuing to hop through time, body after body, attempting ritual after ritual in hopes of... Uh, in hopes of bringing through something from another realm, something that would surely spell devastation for the world at large. Why, I was doing this thing that, while I might have survived, might have been very rewarding, would have meant the death of the only other being I ever cared about. I realized this all far too late, of course. As is want to happen, it was too late for me to stop what was already in motion. But my heart wasn't in it. And I think, I think the powers that be must have known that. Oh, it was a disaster. Look it up, demon. You'll find it. The massacre at Maelstrom Mansion, 1941. Bodies everywhere. All the help, all the guests dead. All except one. A boxer by the name of Franklin Lewis. He was the only one not found amongst the bodies. It took me some years to track him down and get rid of him. The last witness of the disaster and all of that. Mortimer Montgomery's mysterious meeting ends in misery. That's what the headlines were saying. Oh, not this, Mortimer. No, not the one I'm wearing right now. 
No, no, it was his uncle. I was wearing his uncle's body at the time. I had prepared another vessel, naturally, in case something went wrong. When that old Morty was obliterated in the explosion of viscera by the being I failed to bring through, my soul was flung to another. It always takes some time to adjust to a new body. The existing personality and I always struggle for control. But eventually, I always win. And then over time, the body molds to me. I always end up looking like myself after a decade or two. I've done a fairly good job staying out of photos over the years, just to make the swapping easier. It was JB that alerted me to the fact that there's actually a photo of Mason Monroe. Me. In the Monroe Day Academy, which I funded after returning from my expedition to track down that demon in Dow. I've not bothered to have the photo removed. It probably won't matter for much longer, anyhow. So, after Mortimer Montgomery I, I burned through a few vessels quicker than I would have liked. It was harder to make the soul stick. What with dealing with the residual energy of the failed ritual and whatnot. But hey, the world was a dangerous place at the time. And I spent some years traveling Europe using the chaos of the 40s to get my hands on a few things I've always had my eye on. When I returned in the 50s, that was when I picked up the body of good old Martin McGuire. You remember him? I think I might have even seen you shed a tear for him at his funeral. You wouldn't have recognized me, of course. I was already wearing this body. Mortimer the second. You know, I have to say, I was actually quite touched that you showed up for Martin's funeral. It had been years since we last investigated, and yet you still took time out of your busy schedule. I do have one thing to admit. Do you remember when you stood before the casket and you whispered, If you're a spirit now, give me our sign. That was what we agreed upon, wasn't it? You, me, and Lavinia? Oh. It was me! Me as Morty! Ah, uh, that knocked shaving a haircut on the table as you were leaving. Oh, you should have seen the look on your face. Oh, looking all over to see where it had come from. I was deep in conversation with another guest, of course, and you wouldn't have known. Oh, it still makes me smile. <laughs> Lavinia didn't come to the funeral. Have you seen her? Since that night at the Stella Inn? I know you've been working with her children, but I can't imagine a world where she would have given you her blessing to take charge of her little miracles. That damned Lavinia. I do fully believe that I would have accomplished my goals with far less pain and suffering for all had she not burned down that grimoire that night we parted ways. It was the closest I had come to getting my hands on the secrets of the Order. Oh, but you never believed in the Order, did you, Demon? No, oh, no, when it comes to the mystic arts, occultism, that is where you draw the line. 
Though I suppose you've started to come around in recent years. I see you've embraced your pyrokinetic with a fire spirit bound to her, haven't you? Funny how old age will do that. How being confronted with your own mortality starts you down a path looking for an out. It's taken nearly a century, but I've finally done it. I've found a stable way to store metaphysical energy. I've known it was possible ever since a stuffed kitten, one of my last mementos I had from my late son, disappeared. You see, I had placed a crystal inside of it. After the massacre at my mansion, it absorbed a great deal of energy during the failed ritual. I knew I would need it if I was to attempt to tear the veil open on my terms. I thought keeping it in that silly toy would keep it hidden, keep it safe. I did not expect it to venture out on its own, drawn to the only survivor of the tragedy. I theorized that Franklin Lewis had unwittingly become a disruption between the realms, much like the crystal containing the stored energy, and thus it was drawn to him. As were a great deal of other paranormal entities, much to his chagrin. They finally did him in, just after I tracked him down. But the stuffed kitten was nowhere to be found when I last left his corpse in the church. Without the crystal to test on, I was forced to start anew. As Martin McGuire, I founded Milton Labs, named after one of my previous beloved identities. The explosion at the labs was unfortunate. I had been making great progress, but it did set me back. Not only in having to change bodies, of course, but in having to salvage the research from the rubble. I learned my lesson after that. I divided up my testing and manufacturing over a few different companies so that, should disaster strike again, I wouldn't lose everything. And that plan worked beautifully. I was able to get more than enough units into production and ultimately begin to distribute them to paranormal hotspots to collect energy. The only thing I needed after that was someone with enough of a metaphysical presence to draw out the entities I wished to capture. Which is, of course, where your own research came into play, Demon. I don't think I would have been able to do this without you. So, I must thank you. As we both know, you've been proven correct that having people with so-called psychic abilities present on investigations help to drum up activity. It seems awfully silly for me to search out individuals to manipulate into doing my tasks when you had a perfectly capable team. Team left with little sense of direction, I might add, since you abandoned them to go deal with your own measly legal troubles. Tip off here, a tempting check there. It was very easy to send them off exactly where I wanted, when I wanted. I really must say I was quite impressed with your team. Well, that is to say, Ash and her cohorts, Josephine and Garrett, when they started putting the pieces together. Of all the people I've had working on my projects, even those who've had my full schematics, rarely has anyone actually understood what I was doing. 
<laughs> or at least your team understood part of it. Those poor souls never had enough information to really see my end goal. But that's really for the best. For my best, of course, not theirs. Still, Ash had enough of an idea to organize the theft of one of my projects. Devices, as she calls them. Oh, and that Garrett. Oh boy, did you make a mistake ruining that relationship, Demon? He's quite brilliant. I've been keeping an eye on him for some years. In fact, had he accepted the invitation to my soiree, he might have been the final piece to my puzzle, rather than JB. But, as I said, it's for the best. I need your team to come swooping in to save the day, and if they think they know what I'm doing, and what the devices are designed to do, then all the better. I expect they will do exactly as I want. Now, will it work? Well, that I can't be sure of. My last major ritual failed spectacularly, didn't it? But I have confidence and hope. JB's body has taken remarkably well to the marking at least. Most of his skin has already adapted to accommodate the changes that come with housing a new soul entirely. All that's left is the final little spark to make the change permanent. And as you well know, Ash is quite adept at making a few sparks. <laughs> Why am I telling you all of this? You're surely wondering that, aren't you? I'm certain this feels a bit like a taunt as I outline all of the ways your failure to see outside of your own little bubble led to the demise of at least one of your employees. But it's not. Okay, maybe it is a little bit. More than that, though. Ultimately, I respect you, Demon. Leonard. I respect your dedication to our craft and your willingness to dedicate your life to seeking the truth. I just wish that you'd been willing to open yourself more back when we had a prime opportunity to really advance the field together. I truly believe that as Martin McGuire, you and I could have made some major breakthroughs and changed the way the world views the paranormal. But you've always allowed your own ego to cloud your judgment, haven't you? You've never been able to see beyond yourself, beyond what you believed. It's too bad, really. You could have stopped all of this. You could have saved your team. But it's too late now. Goodbye, Deepman. May we meet again in the next life, whether in yours or mine. The Demon Files is written and produced by Alexandra Frund Clinton. This episode featured DJ Crumb as the voice of Mortimer Montgomery. 
Special thanks to our editors, Terry Crew, Corey Matson, and TJ Lauser. Audio mixing provided by Scrubcast. To sign up for update alerts or for the link to the Deepman Files Discord community, please visit thedeepmanfiles.com. For additional Deepman team investigations, please check out The Deepman Files, a ghost hunting RPG available on drivethroughrpg.com. If you've been enjoying the Deepman Files universe and would like to support us as we continue to create content, please check us out on Patreon. Supporters will have access to additional behind-the-scenes content as well as team member exclusives. Until next time, investigators, happy hauntings. <laughs>